Happy holidays. Merry Christmas from Mike Shope, Adam Crotworth, The Deep End, powered by Draft Sharks. Does it feel like your season is over or is it just beginning? Uh, 80-20 over for me. Maybe even 81-19. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Best ball bloodbath this week. But I'll find out if I'm the only one. It was the kind of day where I'm just reevaluating everything. Like, why am I doing this? How am I doing it wrong? Um, you know, the guy I call in those kind of crisis moments is Adam. So convenient that we're here together. We'll talk some strategy for the last two weeks of the season, all the quarterback injuries. And for anybody transitioning to playoff stuff, Adam's got some strategy that I'll, uh, you know, rip apart when it comes to the underdog <laughs> fantasy streets or uh, postseason playoff streets and FFPC as well. Anyway, it'll be a fantasy football show with us, Mike and Adam. Thanks for watching, and welcome to the Deep End. How about you? Are you, How much are you on this week and next week versus next year right now, or the playoffs even? Oh, man. Um, well, I've got this this – 5k entry fee over at the FFPC that has me still on this season. <laughs> so yeah. that, you know, I've got a bunch of other stuff, but it's like that, you know, this is obvious. This is the thing that's carrying me uh, uh, squeak, not squeaked in, but I got into the, to the two week race now for the final two weeks. So that the top prize there is 25k. So that's, I'm in the top four uh, start from scratch. So that's got me kind of fired up and still, you know, living in this year, but, Yep. Other than that, it's it, I'm kind of on the, the playoff challenges and stuff, which I'm starting to get amped up about. But, you know, we've talked a bunch this year. I've, you know, I've been kind of on to next season strategy, like since like week 10, because it's just been that type of year. But, you know, and then talking to you and listening to you, like what's bet, you know, what's worse, what's better to just die in the regular season or get all these teams in and then get swept in the first round of the, of the, the playoffs. It's uh it's pretty, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. What kind of shape is your 5K team in? I know you have T. Higgins, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a Travis Kelsey, T. Higgins, Godwin, C.D. Lamb, um, Deontay Johnson. It's a it's a it's a zero RB build, um, and it's the Washington Commanders backfield, who have been starting every week. So it's it's Gibson, it's <laughs> Robinson, it's Gibson and Robinson. Um, and so I've just been getting, you know, 25 a week out of them combined generally when there's no, you know, when there's, when there's receivers lined up on the line of scrimmage for the last play of the game, I generally would get that touchdown and get that 25 points, but, uh, (laughs) but we got enough to get to, to get through. I was just looking back at that team too. It's fun when you get to the end, you start to look back. Uh, I drafted Justin Fields on that stinking team and cut him like week two or three. And uh, it might come back to bite me because now I'm a I'm a I'm a Daniel Jones Jared Goff streamer, so um, that's kind of where that is. But it's exci- the teams I'm looking at. One of them's got Hurts. That's in the top four here. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries. I think I got a real shot at it. Well, that's exciting. That's going to keep you going to the end, uh, at least yeah. this week, if not next week too. And I've got the little thing called the Draft Sharks Invitational that has my attention. Oh yeah, baby. You know, best ball has been, I don't want to call it a disaster, but a really frustrating end to almost every team I have in 
any kind of best ball tournaments, not literally everyone, but one or two that made it somehow. And then there's this guy. This guy right here. This is this is going to be wild. Yes, this is the Draft Sharks Invitational overall leaderboard for those of you who who don't watch and listen. Uh, Mike Schulp there at the at the top, two thousand five hundred nineteen point six, ahead of John Scuderi, two thousand five hundred eighteen point eight. Uh, this is going to be a heartbreaker for somebody down the stretch mm-hmm. here. And then Leone at two four two seven, so he's quite a bit behind you guys. I think it's a two team race here for the overall prize, which is $5,000 compliments of DraftSharks.com and Lenny Papano for free entry for free roll for 5k. And then each winner, each I think league winner gets $500, I think. So, um, so you yeah, can ask, you can ask me if you want, by the yeah, way, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Although you kind of, you invented the tournament. Sure. Sure. I mean, I invented the tournament draft sharks, ponied up the money. And like I've said before, this is the, toughest single entry tournament in the world handpicked analysts uh handpicked players like the best of the best you know chad uh chad schroeder you know the kind of the 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 goat of fantasy football everyone kind of says that and they're they're right uh he won it last year um and so you were second i was second i was yeah that's right we don't want listen the deep end doesn't want back-to-back seconds do what i couldn't do okay but we'll get a reputation that's right that's right that's right so uh, so yeah, what do you what are you thinking? What are, I know you've been studying these rosters pretty pretty in yeah. depth. What's the what's the difference going to be here? Well, I have Jalen Hurts. Oh, um, you know, but he's why I'm in first. Sure. I, mean, I started Hurts Kelsey in that draft, and like, I don't know if I even did anything that well after that. But those have been the two best guys, arguably in fantasy football, to have. And it's a tight end premium and super flex. So, you know, that worked out. That was at the, at the 12 at the turn in the first one of these drafts. Um, But you know, like best ball, where does best ball come from? Maybe from golf. We have best ball in golf. I had a friend, Pete, who, when I was playing a lot of golf, he and I won a club championship B flight. I have to tell you, but still (laughs) we won a a best ball tournament and Julius. And then, um, you know, if you in ball, one guy makes a birdie or a par, the other guy can make an eight or a nine. And yeah. then you just you flip the script the next hole. And so in, in best ball, you're not both shooting in the 70s. You know, it's zigging and zagging. And so I lose Jalen Hurts, but I get Pickett back. There you go. Yeah. And Pickett is not Jalen Hurts, but if he puts up 20 against the Raiders, that's going to be playable. You know, Hurts was often in the 30s, if not higher. So it's different. John and I both have Nick Chubb and Dallas Goddard, but okay. he he drafted Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson to go with Chubb because he thought, well, at least one of these guys is getting moved. Yeah, and now like Chubb is not practicing, and they're almost dead. Yep. So if Chubb misses, that's advantage him because he'll get a game out of Hunt or Johnson or both. You know, maybe at least. Yeah, um, I've been very thin at wide receiver almost all year. I mean, I've got a few guys that are down, but got Romeo Dobbs back. Curtis Samuel's still breathing. We'll see about Cooks, Godwin. I lost Lockett. And, uh, yeah, so that's most of it. It's going to be close. Yeah. We, each, we each think the other person will win. <laughs> you guys are so humble. You know, it's, it's – Oh, it's that's not it. That's not it's, it. It's so humble. Uh, listen, Curtis Samuel could be a guy. He's been a thorn in the side of Antonio Gibson owners, right? The guy gets – five carries on, on uh, Monday night. Like 
what the heck? So, um, yeah, he might, uh, he might get, get going there, but it's so funny. These best ball tournaments, man, it comes down to the littlest. It comes down to timing of injuries. And a lot of it is just the timing of injuries, right? Like if, yeah. if it, if it comes when you're getting another guy back or whatever, like it's just, it's wild how, the, how that, that, that stuff happens. There's so much luck. Yeah. And, and in, uh, in terms of FFPC or underdog or these other best ball events, man, I don't know. Like, my first time really going hard. I mean, underdog is still a relatively new operation. And so best ball mania and these massive tournaments, I loved it, you know, and that was really where the addiction of, of these drafts kicked in was like late at night underdog, 25 bucks, like a number I can just sort of feel like it's not real money until you do 70 of them. And then that's real money. <laughs> then you get to week 16 and you don't have anybody playing. Like I, I had 14 teams get through to week 15 and, Nobody finished above fourth. And I don't know. This is right, isn't it? I know you did the show with Matt on Draft Sharks yesterday, and I heard you talking about this kind of thing a lot. But was this not an unusually cruel week for players most people never drafted to get in the end zone even like two or three times? I mean, I thought I had some good good ideas of teams anyway, but it's still one out of 12. I mean, it's, it's still tough to win. Yeah, it's it's so hard, and that's right. You know, Matt has been talking. Uh, Matt Schauf from Draft Sharks has been talking. We talked a lot in the podcast, and he's been talking a bunch on Twitter this week. And he's always stood by, like he likes these season long tournaments where they don't have, uh, you know, a, a weekly kind of elimination every week, kind of a luck of the draw type deal. Even if you get like a you know a regular season, and then all right, we're all in the postseason now. Let's do a three week race instead of a of a weekly step. Um, but that's what that's what under un- underdog is, and and um, and yeah, so it, you know, there's just so much. So I'm looking, I'm trying to find the fantasy points for this week here. There's just so much, you know, luck, especially that happened this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about guys that you know, when you and I were texting earlier, I'm like, yeah, I, I got through on some Zay Jones teams that I know I didn't draft Zay, Zay Jones. Why would you? And so I, I'm like, he was a last round pick that I timed out or I fell asleep at one in the morning doing one of these late night drafts and Zay Jones ended up on my team and somehow I end up through, you know, it's like, that's all you needed was, was stuff, stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's just, I mean, you think of this week, Zay Jones, KJ, KJ Osborne, Russell Gage, Noah Brown, Jahan Dotson, Rashid Shaheen, like all these guys that are just like Shaheen probably isn't on any roster. I don't, I don't, maybe it's, you know, people were drafting for months and months and months, but I mean, yeah, you got all these teams like Cooper cup teams dead, you know, all these, you know, me, Stefan Diggs, um, teams I have, or, or those high receivers we were taking Devontae Adams teams. I have Diggs Adam teams combo dead because yeah. some guys got Zay Jones and KJ Osborne. Like, okay, I guess none of it matters. I guess none of it matters. Just, you know, cross your fingers for round 16 picks. Well, you can't, a couple things, because I do think it's important to ask the question, like, should we have been drafting Zay Jones, for example? Like, Diggs and Adams both kind of dudded in 15, and you'll never be able to control that. And that sort of thinking will never help you because you'll never know when that's going to happen. They were still – they still had great seasons, too. Like, they, they helped get you in. So – I'm not going to avoid guys ever on the basis of, well, what happens in a week 15 or even like what the matchup is. If there's some reason to think some matchup is really terrible. I mean, I don't know. The, it just, it, it can't work like that, but 
how you beat it is this isn't great. I heard Matt talking about this too. Like the volume player has the edge, as is always the case in DFS or in this or in you know a lot of this kind of thing where the more kicks at it you get, you know, the better chance you have of having like the perfect the perfect team. And so that's a little bit demoralizing, right? Because most of us can't just put all of our money and resources into drafting constantly. There's a limit. There's a kind of a strict limit for most people on that. So you try to overcome it by doing as many as you can. You're sort of feeding into the uh, the whole machine because that's just more teams and more money and more volume and, you know, a $2, a $2 million prize in first place. That's not bad. If Matt or somebody wants – best ball tournaments. I mean, they're going to be out there. The thing is expanding pretty fast. They don't have playoff weeks. You don't have the escalation. You know, I think to a reasonable extent, that's going to be something you can find, but I don't really know. I mean, this is where most of the buzz of the off season was in, in terms of underdog and FFPC stuff, you know, like just really the, the huge prize pool at the end. Um, Zay Jones, like I think already I, I have to, analyze it but it, it felt like there there probably was an argument for him and there was an argument for McKinnon you know and some of these guys that were on fewer teams and that's one thing if I were to do the same amount of teams next year which again like yesterday was a day where I'm telling myself no way uh do I want to do that because it was just so tough to advance um, if I were to do the same number of teams, though, I'd want to have more different players, you know, not yes. not just like among the players I was drafting in those late rounds. Paris Campbell is somebody who I was drafting a lot in late rounds or Curtis Samuel, Khalil Herbert, guys like that. Not just having, you know, breaking that up, but including more players that I wasn't drafting at all. And that would be that would be Zay Jones. It could have been McKinnon and what those guys are. And maybe this is Noah Brown, too, a little bit, and maybe Osborne. They're all different, but they're all kind of like boring veterans because for much of the offseason, and the argument then turns to when is it right to be you know, starting to draft? Do you want to wait or not? Well, there could be an edge in drafting earlier, but you're drafting rookies. I think it's, it's popular to draft rookies. Uh, in those in those rounds because you know maybe there'll be a home run maybe there'll be James Robinson of two years ago or a player like that and you kind of know or you think you know what the ceiling is on on Zay Jones but really <laughs> you go round and round like that doesn't have to be right and then also really like Zay Jones had what two touchdowns before two days ago yes so what how much time do you really want to st- spend not beating yourself up but reading and re-examining your process you know for the most part i think it's fine it just happens this way but that's a tough thought to go to bed to, to go go to sleep to it's like oh well you know i put two or three thousand dollars into best ball and you know whatever it was fun fun to right. draft but uh, i lost you know it is a big deal it is a big deal and i think uh you want to keep the effort going to try to figure out how to get it right yeah, and I think you're you nailed a bunch of things there. One, you know, one of them was how I've been thinking this through is, hey, how do we like at the, at the ends of, of the drafts maybe incorporating more players into our tiers, like you know, because at the end of the day, we don't know what everyone's going to do, you know, with the first round picks, let alone the late round flyers. So add more Zay Joneses, add more, you know, KJ Osborne. Now, I had a 
I had a ton of KJ Osborne this year. You know, I thought three three wide receiver sets. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be doing that more with the new offensive coordinator coming in, all this other stuff. Well, it didn't pan out, but hey, he happened to be on a couple teams that were still alive and got you know got me through. So, uh, you know, it's it's just maybe adding yeah, like like you're saying, adding more players to our late round flyers and not not having the same four or five guys. Maybe we expand that to nine or ten guys, knowing that there's a shot. At um at getting that through and maybe not focusing so much too on and we'll see how it plays out, but on like everyone was targeting this, you know a lot of the same stacks at the end you know Bills Bengals like all these different things it's like all it takes is a snowstorm to ruin you know to ruin an entire thing you know look at the games this weekend we're looking at three or four games with sub zero temperatures they're talking about like high fun, the chiefs, the bills, like, Oh, bills versus bills versus bears. Oh, we've been waiting for this matchup all, all year. Like, we'll look at it now. Now it's three straight weeks of bad, bad weather. You know, guys like Stefan Diggs who've been zeros, um, you know, guys that got, that, that got you there. So, you know, maybe not worrying so much about stacking these certain games and maybe focus more on, you know, outcomes of, of the third or fourth or fifth receiver on a team if things, if things break, right. So, um, so yeah, but then, like you said, the overall strategy of like, you know, spend two, $3,000 on, on, on underdog and to have it all kind of go away um, on the first and one, one round, like you said, one team gets through, right. Was it one team in best ball mania? Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah. I mean, even if you have a good showing, like I had a, I had a, I had three uh, super flex, best ball tournament teams in the FFPC that were really good get through to, to last week. And I had great weeks, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Osborne. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be great. And I look second place third, or sorry, I think two teams get through a third right. place, a third place, a fourth. It's like, you, sometimes you're good, but you're just not good enough. And that's just bad, the, the bad luck. You don't really necessarily need to change your, your habits or your strategy, your thought process. You just gotta, gotta cross your fingers and hope your go Bills Mar- Mar- Marv Levy and just run hot every time the playoffs roll around. Come on. Well, another uh, hat tip to those guys is they lead the main <laughs> event. Last year's main event champions, Nick, Dom, and Sean, are leading this year. And I talked to Nick a little bit about his decision to bench Zonovan Knight for Zay Jones and McKinnon. And really, uh, it was simply the ownership percentage yep. that – all the Zonovan Knight teams were teams that picked him up late and then he did well. So he projected pretty well. And Nick said, we're playing, they're playing Detroit. Detroit's been good and we're behind. So you play the, you know, the alternate move. And those guys were just, especially Jones, were just not in lineups very often. So they shot right to the top of the leaderboard and I hope they win. <laughs> I hope they win again. It'd be awesome. What a story. Yeah that, yeah, that would be awesome. And stuff like that too, that people don't like, in a, in a vacuum, I looked at that because I, I was texting texting with Nick too. And in a vacuum, you look at that, and it's like, um, man, I never would I never would have started Zay Jones over Zonathan. But then you look, but then when you, I'm like, how did they get there? You like to think like, how did how did they? You want to study the good players and the so like, how did they get there? Well, that's exactly how, how they got there. It's the player ownership, and you're behind, so you really want to play low owned guys. And we'll get a, into a lot of that in the you know the uh, playoff tournaments and stuff you're going to do a lot of that thought thought process right like hey do i want i want low owned players it's, it's like it's like a dfs type thought so um yeah they they you know they made the pick and there he goes straight to the moon remember in dynasty 
like week five, we were offered Zay Jones for Chase Edmonds and we laughed it out of the room. I don't remember that, but thanks for bringing yeah. it up. <laughs> we, we got a trade offer. The guy offered Zay Jones for Chase Edmonds, who was doing all right for Miami. Like, why would we do this? Like, who makes who says yes to this offer? Right. Who so, even sends that offer? Right. Who right. even sends that offer? So uh, <laughs> we we rejected it swiftly. And oh my gosh, right now, last week, I mean, I had a lot of really smart looking Chase Edmonds picks. That's over the right. Course of the summer. He's not even right. barely in the league anymore. All right. So one aspect of these injuries and the damage it's done to fantasy is the quarterback injuries. I want to bring up one question here. So going into the main event sprint or the football guys, uh, I mean, I have one football guys team to qualified with Kyler Murray and Mike White, another one with Murray and Pickett. Um, just different combinations of guys. The Murray injury timing was so cruel, just like one day after waivers closed. Then you had, you know, Hurts now. A lot of teams are going to be stuck at quarterback here. Adam, should we have rostered three? For tournament play? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, it's just, again, it's you got to kind of roll the dice on – you know, but what's what's interesting too, though, is I've seen a lot of, and I'm not judging anyone, especially this year, with the amount of injuries and the timing of injuries and all that type of stuff. But I wasn't comfortable going into tournament play with like Mike White as my number two or guys that are on the fringe of like, you know, there was talk about Zach Wilson getting the job back anyways because they want to see what he still want to see what he's got, whatever. You know, so there were chances, like even the guys like Mac Jones is my number two, like, you know, he could lose his job, stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of all those guys, the Davis Mills, the Matt Ryans, you know, guys that could just lose their job to another guy uh, to see what this quarterback has. Those were scary number two quarterbacks, unless you had like a, like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or something where you weren't going to use them regardless. They were just kind of there for injury insurance, but still. Here we go. Now, now you got an injury like if to or to, to Jalen Hurts. <laughs> now you got an injury to Jalen Hurts, and you got backup quarterbacks in tournaments where they might lose their job or stuff like that. So generally, I wouldn't carry two. I wouldn't carry three, um, unless you really had to carry, you know, a guy like Tyler Heineke, um, and then like, oh well, he might, he might, you know, he might lose his job too when Wentz comes back. So and then you carry a third, but it's still it, it, the only way I would do that is if it was a last second decision heading into the, the, to the final week where I had a guy go on the IR and like, well, I have a, I have a free spot to play with. Yeah. I'll pick up this safety, this safety net. But other than that, I'm not dropping like any active player to pick up a third, third QB. It's a while ago, but Matthew Stafford went out. Lamar Jackson is out. Russell Wilson has been out. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's still Jimmy Garoppolo is out. It's a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks. Do you have two kickers on every tournament roster? Absolutely. Yep. I, I can't stomach it. I can't stomach the thought of, of having a kicker go down. Now, Abib Agbatoba, Dr. Abib Agbatoba won the football guys a couple of years ago without, without a kicker his final week. Uh, I can't, I can't stomach it. Um, so yeah, I carry two. I love what the FFWC does. They've got team, team kicker. I'm, I'm a huge team kicker. We had Alex, uh, the owner of the FFPC on last spring and he talked about why he doesn't like kick team team kicker fine, uh, and so um, so yeah, so I I definitely carry carry two kickers. It's a lot more points on the line at quarterback, and this year at least the injury rate has been much different. There have been kicker injuries last year and this year. I, mean, I remember from 
the bare knuckle and from best ball, like guys would be out for the year before even training camp started a couple times. You were just, you were just stuck there when that happened, but the quarterback carnage has been pretty severe here of late. Wild. All right. So what else you got? Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of J- Jalen hurts, I mean, so we've got some, some leagues that are still, uh, you're able to pick up like even in like the high stakes non-tournament leagues, you can still use waivers. So I've got a, um, I mean, I don't have an interesting situation, but one of the teams in my 5k that I'm competing with, um, you know, has Jalen hurts and no, no, no number two. And so waivers are run through, uh, man, I wish I had more money to block him, but he, I Minshew, think he's got, right. Minshew, I think he's got the most, the most money. Cause I was about to go in there and block him and go pick up, pick up Minshew, but Hertz might still play. Um, would you forget the 5K, you know, home, home leagues playoffs and stuff like that? Would you um would you pick up Minshew and, and be willing to start him this, this week? Maybe. Um, I always liked him once he started playing. You know, for, for me, the, the right narrative on Minshew was this guy's a player, but his team has no investment in him, and they're gonna lose and draft someone else. And that's what Jacksonville did. And that was who I thought of when Mills showed up this year. Like, you know, he's he's maybe okay, but he's not gonna he's gonna have to be so good for them to not want to draft somebody next year. And that was not really in the range of outcomes. So I like him all right. There's weapons. He liked to throw the ball. You know, he he was not yes. conservative. Um, and you know, if Dallas can score, then maybe you see that. So maybe it's fine for AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard if he's back. I, I wouldn't hate it. Um, would I start him over Tua? No. <laughs> would I start him over Watson even? No. But um, you could do worse. I mean, these Trace McSorley, Brett Rippon kind of teams, I definitely want to have Minshew instead of that, those guys. Yeah, Minshew reminds me a lot of like, you know, the the Brock Purdy's, the Tyler Heineke's. Like there's these scrappy quarterbacks that can – um, you know, flash for a week or two or three. And and he's already done that two or three times. He's had two to three different flashes. So he can kind of show you what he's got. He's got the weapons around him. Teams love him. Uh, the players tend to tend to love him. So, um, uh, so yeah, I think, Gar- I think Gardner Minshew is definitely startable. I mean, draft sharks has him ranked 17th over at DraftSharks.com, but he's right around, like you said, just Deshaun Watson, um, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, uh, Pickett, I would definitely start him over Pickett. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that I think he's worth adding, um, especially if you have Jalen Hurts. And I also think he's worth blocking because he could have a big game um, or a big enough game where you would rather have to have that team go down and get a guy like Baker Mayfield or Desmond Ritter. I think the difference there is big enough where you would want to go block, uh, go go block a guy like a Gardner Minshew, but don't cut Jalen Hurts if you have him because he still might play th- th- this week, you know. Right. So, um, you know, the, we're kind of gonna wait, gonna wait and see on that. But uh, a tough break for the uh, for the Hurts owners if he can't go go this week. Yeah, the line did move a little bit back toward Philadelphia today to four and a half. So four and a half and forty six, which would be twenty five point seven five to twenty one and a quarter. 21 is not a great implied total for the Eagles, but they're the Eagles. You know, Sanders could hit. Who knows in that game? Uh, I think probably the the fear is, and this is related to Hurts, is that the Eagles don't really need the game, but it's a little bit risky. You know, Dallas is close enough. 
behind them and it's New Orleans at home next week. I don't know. Like the Eagles are probably fine. Lots of different ways this can go as ever. Yeah. So, I haven't, I haven't yeah. heard either. Sorry to interrupt. I haven't heard either. Um, is that it's a shoulder injury, but is it like if he plays, can he, can he, can he make it worse? It's a shoulder strain reportedly. There were different rumors. There was different speculation at first. Collarbone was oh, one God. thing. Yeah. Um, I think I heard left shoulder, which reminds me of Mayfield last year. Who was yep. it this year that injured their left shoulder um, and stayed in or what happened with that? I'll think of it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay. of course, they're a team that is all about the postseason. So they shouldn't be taking any big chances. Right. Adam, who was the, who, who am I thinking of here? Guy, like a left shoulder injury, a quarterback, uh, and the, the comparisons were to last year's Mayfield. Maybe it's Justin. It, is it, is it Justin Fields? Fields? I was going to say Fields. Yeah, yeah, Fields. Yeah, and he missed what a game? one game? Did he miss one a game? game? I think. Yep, one game, and then they thought he would miss another one because the bye week I thought was coming up after that, and they ended up playing him any anyways. But who played for Chicago? Who's who's his backup? Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe is it was that Peterman? Is Peterman the backup? Peterman. Didn't it was the game Peterman. against the Jets with Peterman and Simeon, was it? Okay. God. Was it, was it Simeon or who was the guy? He was hurt in the warmups. He wasn't going to play, and then he ended up playing, oh, and then he went on IR. Was that Trevor Simeon? <laughs> I was at a water park in Canada, so I, don't I can't remember. I'll th- I'll think of it. No, that morning though, like Peterman yeah. was going to play, and then that that's right. Peterman was going to play, and then this, the backup actually played, but the backups. I don't think it's Simeon. You don't? Uh, let's look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm looking it All up right. right now. Look it up. Because I, I barely want to start uh, Justin Fields in this in this, in this this attack, and yet somehow we're starting to Trevor Simeon. Tim Boyle? Does that, does, does that sound right? No. Okay. Well, they must have just added Tim Boyle because he's, he's, he's there right I, now. I got it. Simeon Fine. is right. Okay. Go, go, Trevor Simeon. Okay. All right. Underdog playoff thoughts. Trevor Simeon is not in my underdog playoff thoughts. <laughs> so we're going to have a bunch of podcasts uh, in the next couple of weeks, um, maybe the next month or so, month and a half, about you know the playoff challenges, the different types, the ones over at FFPC, FFWC, underdog. And so, you know, just getting – you can do you can start doing them now over on underdog – which is insane. And I love it. Um, and so my juices start to get flowing and thinking about like strategies from last year and strategies that have worked. We will probably interview last year's winner who I don't know who it is off the top of my head. Last year's FFPC winner we'll have on the show and talk to them about their strategy and how they won it last year. I know we had Austin Martin on the show before talking about, cause he won it three years ago and we had la- the, the next year's winner on. And that the main theme that I've gotten from the winners is the, the kind of the big strategy is to pick the teams that you think are going to lose and kind of put them, you know, don't pick any players from those teams and then just load up on players from the teams that you think are going to win in advance. And hopefully you hit the right combination of players and we'll, we'll win it all. Now it's harder with the underdog now because we don't know who's going to be in the, in the playoffs yet. So, um, so a lot of stuff I've been doing is kind of focusing on that type of type of strategy and just trying to load up. I'll, I'll do like a Monday night or a Sunday night, couple of drafts after like the kind of results from all the games come in when the kind of the shifting of playoff pictures kind of adjust. And it's kind of been fun to like a couple of weeks ago, I did a bunch of charger stacks on Sunday night 
when they were starting to creep into the playoffs. Now they're, now they're the sixth seed, I think. And so I also had a bunch of Seahawks stacks after they won a couple weeks ago, and now they're currently out of the playoffs. But I think that's those are times when you can when you can load up on teams where they're not currently in the playoffs. So maybe they're dropping down in ADP on underdog like the Seahawks now are not, not in. Um, but I also love – because it's cheap enough where you can go grab some Jaguar stacks now who are flying up the board or some lion stacks now that they're, they're seven and seven they're on the bubble. Uh, so I don't know if you've done any of the, any of these yet, but what, what are your thoughts? I think at underdog, a key thing is that it's like the best ball mania where yes. only one team will advance from week one. So you can't necessarily just pick the Eagles or the bills. I mean, correct. If you pick the Eagles and the Bills heavy, you're going to be out for sure. Yes. If they both get the one seed. So you have to be cognizant of that. I'd want to find, I don't want to, I'm not judging either. I'm not judging either. But <laughs> you'd want to find, when the Chargers are winning, I'd want to find the team that is getting bumped down. Or as long as that wasn't a team that was higher last week, because the ownership the previous week would be heavily toward, like if that's Miami or the Jets or whoever that is. Baltimore. But yeah. Um, Baltimore, don't forget about. I mean, their playoff odds are still almost 100%. Like, they can't score, and it's kind of ugly, and there's speculation about Jackson, but they're still, like, highly likely to make it. And they have Atlanta at home this week. They can't lose that game, but uh, still, like, Baltimore is almost definitely going to be in. So, you know, after that, once you understand, like, the one seed point and the playoff odds, I'd want to have the playoff odds, whether that's, New York Times or just whatever, you know, mechanism, yep. always, just always make sure maybe there's a team, probably not when it comes to this tournament because everybody is so on it, but maybe there's a team that is sort of looked at as having better odds or worse odds than they really do. I think that would have been the Chargers. You know, the Chargers and the Ravens both have, I think, much better playoff odds than maybe most fans realize. Sure. Um, but I don't, I don't know that I'm right on that. And then, you know, after you sort of factor in one seed probabilities and playoff probabilities, probabilities, then after that, it's just like combos, different guys, if that makes sense, you know, being willing to take a couple of long shots on the teams you're picking because um, why not? Yeah, and, and I think what's what's interesting so far is like the ego. So when you're going into these things, you kind of have to like, make up your mind. You have to like plant your flag on an idea or plant your flag on a thing where like, okay, the Eagles are going to be the one seed, right? Or like, we're just going to plant our flag there, or at least me. And that's, you know, unless something crazy happens, unless Hertz doesn't play. Uh, and even then they'd have to like lose out essentially, I think. But um, so knowing that, okay, you're not going to have any Eagles in the first round of your, of the underdog playoffs. Right. So, but the AFC is a completely different. I mean, there could be three different, one seeds, depending on, I mean, you got the bills now, but if the bills lose, you know, and the chiefs stay where, where they are, the chiefs can be the one seed. If the bills lose to the Bengals, you know what I mean? The Bengals can move up into, into the one seed. There's a, there's a way that that's not too far yeah. out of the realm of possibility. So um, the AFC is crazy. Cause you got three high powered, high scoring offenses that any one of them you could lose. So, you know, if you go in and say, okay, I'm going to stack the Eagle. I'm going to get a bunch of Eagles and a bunch of Bengals. Cause I think the Bengals are going to make a run again. I think they're going to play week one. And then all of a sudden they, 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 the bills lose to the Bengals. And now the Bengals have a buy, you know, that, that team, that team's dead. Right. So it's just so many interesting, cool little 
uh, little things to do. I, I, um, and you know, kind of the last thing here is I've been starting to draft a little bit more uh, Christian McCaffrey in these because I think the Niners are going to be in a situation where they're they're peaking, which is crazy to think about, and they might get like Tampa. You know, early like like teams with losing records, they might get in the first round that can move them into the next round. And I think they're a prop. There, nobody wants to face the the Forty Niners. I don't think so. They're a team that could be like the kind of the Bengals from last year, kind of like a team a team of destiny. I like Miami for this. Miami's at Cincinnati, at Kansas City, some even maybe the Tennessee or Jacksonville winner, and they could be favored in that game. You know, the way they can score. It's easy names too. San Francisco. So San Francisco right now is what the three, and that's going to be like the Giants. The Giants are probably not getting to Dallas. I don't even know if it's possible, and they're going to be ahead of Washington or Detroit. Probably, you know, may, they did lose to Detroit. I don't know. I think that's San, that's going to be San Francisco's game. Then you have Tampa is going to be home, correct? To, uh, to Dallas, like that game has been kind of locked in for a while. If Tampa can hold on, if you want to have some real fun. Start drafting New Orleans. You mean if they, if they can win the division, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's the, yeah. six and eight, five and nine, five and nine, five and nine. Tampa Bay actually has the worst point differential in the NFC South, which <laughs> what were those odds? What were those odds have been before the season that Tampa Bay would have the worst point differential in the NFC South? Just Listen. insane. With Brady starting every week. Listen, just start drafting Jameis Winston, and let's just go win. Let's go win a bunch of money. Come on. (laughs) The only pick as ever is Okonkwo. That's the only only guy you need. Chiggy. He's going to win me that Draft Sharks invitation. I'm telling you. He did did count this week in the flex. Good. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I love it. Hey, and hey, people who listened to the show on last Thursday, we went with we went with Taysom Hill at tight end in our dynasty league, and it worked out beautifully. Yeah, it, it, we got away with that. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be really close. The, the four teams in that one K at FFWC are all really close in points through uh, one week with two weeks left. So it's going to be Hill versus Hunter Henry this week. I put a couple bids in, by the way. You should check that out before you. Uh, Go back to Key Largo for the weekend or whatever oh, it is you do for Christmas. Let's go. What's your favorite Christmas piece? Either the morning or the night before, just something about it that you're looking forward to the most. Oh, definitely Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is like, a, I believe it or not, I know my name is Adam Krautwurst, but I come from a very Italian family. Uh, I think you've met some of them. And so uh, Christmas Eve is always a big thing in our Italian household, and we do a lot of that stuff the night before Christmas. So that's always kind of my favorite time of year and now we have football just added nfl football they added into the mix just sensational so lots of great food lots of family and football and doesn't get better than that yeah here's to that um christmas morning is always for my family and me at my sister's house or one of my sister's houses they alternate a little bit we do a gift exchange and i'll leave you with this (laughs) so there once was a tradition in our family that it was kind of a gag sort of gift uh, theme for the secret Santa. Everybody has one gift, put them in and then you take turns picking the one you want, right? One of those. And I missed the, the memo where it went from the gag gift to like a nice gift. <laughs> so I had a bunch right where I'm sitting behind the bar. I had a bag 
of like beer that nobody ever wanted to drink, like a Bud Light orange and just this random. Whoa, whoa. what's wrong with that? Beer. The Bud Light orange. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had been in my family. You could have saved my reputation. So you just like all kinds of whatever beer. And then I have a friend who was the executive producer of The Bachelor. And one year on The Bachelor, they had a guy who would say Waboom all the time. <laughs> so like that was a big joke. And he sent me a t-shirt that said Waboom. I'm like, throwing that in. Yeah. So I go, actually, another, the present I ended up with is right there. It's like a, a water, it's a speaker you plug in. It looks like a fountain, like a lava lamp almost, and it is a Bluetooth. That was my niece. Like She was in college, and that was her contribution to the gift exchange, was this beautiful you know, <laughs> Bluetooth speaker. Other people, it's like all kinds of, there's, there's wine or there's like a spa gift, gift card, all kinds of fancy stuff. And nobody's picking mine because it's wrapped in the theme of a gag, like it's wraps just like tape, you know, <laughs> looked, intentionally look terrible. Yeah. So, no, by this time, I'm like, it's the presents are starting to be open. I'm in, I'm just horrified. You're panicked. Panic mode. I'm just like, I know they're going to open mine and it's going to be embarrassing because mm -hmm. I didn't do, I didn't play the game right. Like I, I just threw like beer that nobody wanted in a bag and put a Wahoo <laughs> t-shirt in there. Uncle Mike, come on. I know. <laughs> so the moment arrived and the package was opened and I, I was embarrassed and everybody sort of ridiculed me for not caring enough to know what the rules of the gift, gift exchange program uh, were. And so it's, that's haunted me for five or six years since then. But uh, you'll be happy to know, I, I think I did actually put some effort into it this year and I did buy a nice gift. Cake bread, wine. Is that what we're not talking about? Not, oh. cake, not that good. Okay. Not as good as cake bread. Maybe get some cake bread back there. There you go. Not tonight. Not tonight. All right. So, did we help anybody? I don't know. Really, I'm ready to start trying to figure out what what this was this year. I read a lot of people, and I know you were like this to some extent, just sort of struggling with this year and all the different um, challenges. But like, but as recently as last week, I felt great. Yeah. Cash in the main event. I put three football guys teams through. The Rotowire team's good. The FFWC teams are good. Our dynasty team. And then the best ball wall. Yeah. Sunday. And now I just like, okay, did I really need to go that hard? Do I really need to do it this way? Yeah. Make some changes. Yes, you know, you always up for the for that kind of analysis. Yeah, no, you you definitely did, and you definitely uh yeah, I mean, it, it plus more more drafts makes you sharper. And yeah, you felt the way I felt going into the FFPC main event end of the regular season when I I, I lost four teams that were in the playoffs on the final week that didn't that didn't didn't get in two third place or sorry two fifth place teams a team that missed by a point like I was wow it's like wow. oh my god what do we what do I do what about you know what did I did I draft too much I just it's, you know it's just one one of those years and next year you'll come back and you'll. You'll 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 move on in sixteen. I saw some guys moved on in thirteen or fifteen. Like it's just, it's just how it is. Wow. Or I'll just play something else. Or that. Or that. Don't don't Over. do that. Don't do that. No. I don't know. I do love it. I I still do love it. And this connection you and I have, and this show, and the Draft Sharks people is a big part of it. So thank you, Adam. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. And maybe someday I'll meet your wife. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>